Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The Law Enforcement Today Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Many are using the term epidemic to describe the current problem of drug and or alcohol abuse in the United States. Virtually everyone we know has been negatively impacted by this problem. Yet for so many that are experiencing the devastating effects of drug and or alcohol abuse, they don't know who to turn to for help. Who can we trust to care for our loved ones? Transformations Treatment Center is one of the most respected, ethical, and professional drug and alcohol treatment centers in the world with a strong focus on individualized care, offering a wide range of holistic, specialized, and medically supervised treatment programs. We know that many of you have questions. Take the time to call Transformations Treatment Center for the answers. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Or go online to transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from Maryland, or my old home state. Michael Kamona joining us on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Michael, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for asking me. It's a pleasure to have you here. We're going to talk about your background. We're going to talk about why we have you on the show. It's going to be very, very obvious why Michael's on the show. What he's doing may not seem so obvious. It's called the Warrior Music Foundation. Their website is warriormusicfoundation.org. Michael, very quickly, tell us what the Warrior Music Foundation does, what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. So we provide, as a, as a way to combat PTSD and other mental health issues, we provide free music therapy and free music lessons to military, veterans, law enforcement, and their dependents. And so it's a pretty unique and innovative program. We've got a team of board-certified music therapists that work with us, and we are using this different technique as a, as a way to really address the problem, and we've had remarkable success so far. At first, it may seem like quackery to people, uh, and i got to admit, part of me, my first reaction was, oh, yeah, right, what's that going to do? Well, here's a little truth. I can tell you from my own experience, in therapy, one of the things they recommended years ago, and it works, and you can try this at home yourself, if you find yourself thinking obsessively about something that's upsetting and you can't seem to stop, hum a song in your head. Not sing it out loud, hum it in your brain. Your brain can't do both at the same time. And it's absolutely 100% true. I do it all the time, and I'm embarrassed to admit I do it too. I've been working on the railroad. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not quackery. I mean, this is this is rooted in some pretty serious science. It's it's been around. I mean, the army has implemented music therapy since post World War II. It uses and it unlocks different parts of your brain that allows you to remap neural networks, and you can you can use music and music therapy for 
physical rehabilitation in addition to mental rehabilitation, emotional rehabilitation. And, you know, right here in Maryland is the American Music Therapy Association. And, you know, they're really the clearinghouse for the, for the practice. And it's one of the groups that I got involved with early as I started thinking through the program and, and wanted to get their endorsement. And I think once they found out what our approach was and how we put our program together, you know, they, they gave us their stamp of approval and, and, and it just made sense to them. So for military veterans, their dependents, first responders, law enforcement, anybody that's basically struggling with PTSD and those type issues, you're available. Does this cost a fortune? It, it costs the, the veteran or the law enforcement agent nothing. It's, that's, it's all a free service that we that's provide it as our foundation. And so we rely heavily on, you know, on the public and our friends and family and, and you know, partners to help us fund our program, but it's free service for the the student and people can get more information and they can make donations they can do stuff like that online go to warriormusicfoundation.org that's warriormusicfoundation.org now michael this is something that's been a problem for a very long time and it's for a long time we used to think of post-traumatic stress disorder as something only combat veterans experienced and while many do it has been an issue for law enforcement, for first responders, corrections officers, dispatchers, emergency room nurses. The list goes right. on and on right. and on. No, you're, you're 100% right. I mean, first of all, it's a problem just in society in general, right? That If you look at the statistics on any given day, 8% of the U.S. population suffers from some type of post-traumatic stress. And that's about the size of Texas. Right. So think about that. That's a lot of people in the United States that at any given time. So 8%, that's the baseline. In the military, right, the estimates are 20 to 25% of the people coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan have PTSD. That's probably 50% short of what it really is. I think only 50% of people actually will report. You know that from your law enforcement days, right? It's very rare that someone will self identify that they've got an issue. In you know, it depends on the statistics you read in the law enforcement community. The stats are anywhere between 40%. And then in some emergency response, um, you know, EMT spaces, it's as high as 80%. So it, it is prevalent across the, the military and, and law enforcement first responder community. It's a big, it's a big problem. It has been and, a big uh, problem. And it's one that I got to tell you, I take exception to a lot of things that Hollywood does. And one of the things I do take exception to is their portrayal of people with post-traumatic stress disorder. And by the way, I don't like that term disorder. I prefer the term injury. But they portray everybody as these these Rambo-type people that that can't get along with anybody, that live in the bushes, that are armed with knives or crossbows, and they're out to kill everybody. And that is not even remotely close to the vast majority of people that suffer from this condition. No, it's just not fair, right? It's not fair to, to people who have gone through it, and, and and there's just no normal, right? It affects everybody differently, and at the end of the day, there should be no negative stigma associated with it. You you should, if someone's willing to sacrifice their life and you know volunteer their time to make peanuts in the military and less than peanuts in the law enforcement community and put their life on the line, then we owe it to them to do whatever we possibly can to help them, you know, when they, when they need our support. And we can start by 
eliminating all the negative stigma associated with it. You know, that's step one. Everybody can do that. I think that's phenomenal what you're doing. And I agree with you 100%. You come from a military background, but you also have quite a bit of law enforcement background in your family. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely true. I was active duty military for 10 years and then stayed involved in the defense defense department for another 10 years. But I come from a military family, a law enforcement family, my dad was chief of police. My brother is a retired state trooper in Pennsylvania. And I've done a lot of work in the private sector supporting federal law enforcement. So it's just been part of my part of my life, you know, from the time I was a kid until I was an adult. So, you know, I've been able to see both sides of it, you know, being a dependent of both a veteran and a, you know, and a police officer and, and seeing how, you know, my dad kind of dealt with things or frankly didn't deal with things. And then being in the military and, deploying and having friends that have committed suicide and and so i've just seen every aspect of it and you know that's why i felt at some point i just i absolutely had to do something to help you know if i if i didn't do something i just couldn't sleep at night so it just made sense i'm so glad you're doing what you do we are talking with michael kimono michael is the director of warrior music foundation their website is warriormusicfoundation.org And in a nutshell, we'll talk more about it, more specifics. What they do is they help veterans, first responders, law enforcement, you name it, or dependents with music therapy to treat primarily post-traumatic stress disorder for free. All available online at warriormusicfoundation.org. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Turn a conversation with Michael Kimono. Michael is director of Warrior Music Foundation online at warriormusicfoundation.org. I mean, as a term director, you got a team of people that, that work there. And in a nutshell, we'll talk more about specifics. You basically use music, music lessons as a therapeutic way to deal with post traumatic stress disorder and to break the stigma for uh, law enforcement, first responders of all types family members and military veterans and their family members as well. And I applaud that effort. You came from a military background. You lived or grew up in, in a law enforcement family. Let's start with your dad. You said he was chief of police somewhere, correct? 
Yeah, that's right. It's a small town in, in Western PA. Uh, the city's called Newcastle, Pennsylvania. And he was a township police officer for as long as I can remember. Prior to that, he was he was a, he had me later in life, but he was a, a World War II vet, and so you know he served from Normandy all the way through the invasion of Germany. So he definitely had a, an interesting life and a tough military career. Was wounded several times when he was in the military, and you know he kind of carried that with him for for the rest of his adult life. But I think like a lot of people, he was a he was a factory worker, and when the factory started closing down, he he kind of turned to what he knew and 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 took up a, a life in law enforcement and he was a uh, chief of police until he got injured actually on the job. It was in a car accident and uh, kind of started a downward spiral of his health until he, he passed when I was a teenager. But man, he was uh, he was a pretty awesome guy. And I think a lot of what, a lot of what I do now, I, you know, I, he's always in the back of my mind as, as somebody who I always wondered if he would take advantage of some of the programs we offer, but, but yeah, heavily influenced by, by what I saw from him. Isn't it interesting that so many of these men that, my dad was a Navy veteran, career Navy guy, and I find myself, he passed many years ago as well, and I find myself thinking quite often, A, would he approve? Am I the kind of guy he'd want me to be? The answer has always been yes, but somehow it almost feels like I don't measure up in my mind to that that bar that was set by, by him. Uh, do you ever find yourself in the same position when you compare yourself to your dad, oh Jay, man, I, it, you hit you hit the nail right on the head. You know, you can't you can't help but not try to uh, you know live up to a standard that that you think your your parents would you know, or specifically my dad in my case, you know, would would respect. And I'm pretty comfortable that I think uh, that he, that he'd be happy and would like what we're doing for sure. And by the way, those guys, I might say the term guys. I use that to men and women but from that generation the world war ii generation there was some, they were cut from a different cloth and uh, I'm, I'm not saying that people my age or your age are not as tough or not as strong because that's not the case i don't feel that way but there's something about those men and women during that generation what they endured what they went through and they continued on and i don't know if they just didn't talk about it I'm sure they had to deal with all this stuff because we had terms like shell shock and battle fatigue and right. all that back That's then. Exactly right. Yep. But yep. they just they just motored on, it, and they could have been severely affected. But I don't I don't know if we ever really talk about that. Yeah, and I agree, and and I think it it, it definitely you know changed his perspective on how he approached things, and especially you know when later in life when when he became a police officer, I think it, it changed the way he approached people. You know, he, he definitely, I think, embraced community policing and being part of the community. And, you know, I think it helped him, you know, change as a person. And I think he found some positive in it at the end. So, Well, one of the things that's very interesting, and I say this all the time, and it ages me, I started in police work in, in Baltimore in 1980. And the men who trained me, men and women, but the men who trained me primarily were, Vietnam combat veterans and uh, we had women as well they weren't combat veterans they didn't serve in the same manner back then Uh, and we did have a few commanders and old timers that were Korean War veterans and they you were right they were very very good at this concept of what we call community policing nowadays which was just regular standard policing no one knew any different back then Mm -hmm. yeah I think I mean I think it's just they're, they're their perspective on life is different for sure. But, you know, you bring up a point about, 
about females and, you know, the, the impact on potentially combat. And it's obviously changed now in the military, right, where you do have females that are in combat. And But what we're finding is that there's a subpopulation of females in the military who are victims of sexual assault. And we have a lot of trauma cases that stem from from that specifically. And it's something we we take pride in in our, in our foundation. We think we have some specialization in, in that field and want to make sure that people know that just because they weren't in combat doesn't mean that they're not eligible to come and get services from that, us, right? Like, if you served, you served. And if you experienced something that you need help with, we're here to help you. So we, we want people to understand that there's more to, uh, you know, there's more to our program than people who have just been in combat, right? Do you ever find a, a problem with people comparing, well, I didn't see what they saw, so therefore I have no right seeking help? 100%. I, I 100%. You know, I just had a discussion with somebody recently who who felt, I don't want to say guilty, right, but he was hesitant to take advantage of our programs because, you know, he a lot of what he experienced came from some personal issues and things that happened after his life in the military. And, and it, it doesn't matter, right? It's just, it's, it's unique to you. And if you've experienced some pain, it's not a competition. It's not a competition, right? So, you know, God bless the people who have done dozens of tours in Iraq and Afghanistan and, and have seen combat and are in extreme, extreme cases, but, but there are people who just need help and you shouldn't be embarrassed about that. So, I mean, I went through the same thing. You know, when I got out of the military, I was being treated in the VA and I remember going into the VA here in, in Maryland and saying to myself, why, why am I even here? I have no reason to be here. The people who are in this room, they really need the help. I'm just taking up resources for other people. And then, you know, I realized that that's, that's just not smart. You know, I got to take care of myself for my kids and you got to make sure that you, you get the support that you need across the board. You could almost say that's a form of denial that, and people are very, very quick to do that. I've met so many military veterans. I've met so many law enforcement firefighter emts veterans that that have been afflicted that they'll say i didn't want to get help because i didn't feel like mine was bad enough and it's almost like saying you know i drank and i drank and i drank i know this i'm not comparing the two but using as as an, an, an analogy i drank too much but i drank because of this or it wasn't that bad when it was bad enough for everybody else so it's it's one of the things I wish I could find a way to get people to break through. There's either two classes of people, people that have severe post-traumatic stress disorder, and in law enforcement, you encounter them all the time. Uh, family disputes, domestics, those sort of things, substance abuse, and they won't get help because they're in uh, stigma or the denial or whatever it might be. Then you have people who suffer, but they don't think that theirs is deserving enough. And I wish I could find a way to break through to both of them. Well, it's it's so great that you just said that because I agree 100%. My team and I were just talking about this last week where – we, I informally categorize people, and this is probably, you know, not necessarily as thorough as I should be, but I put people in three categories. People who are at high risk and need support immediately. People who are high risk but won't admit it, and we have to figure out a way to help them. And then people who see this as a great opportunity and, and you know, and want to enjoy the service, right? Absolutely. We're going to take a short break. We are talking with Michael Kimono. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. I promise you, we'll be right back. Epidemic. 
America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. Turn our conversation on the Law Enforcement Today show with Michael Kimono, director of Warrior Music Foundation. Get more details online at warriormusicfoundation.org. Before we went to break, Michael, you, you were mentioning that you kind of put people into three different categories or subcategories as far as treatment for post-traumatic stress. Recap that again, please. Right. I, I think of it in, in, in three different categories. People who are at high risk and, and need some help and they need therapy. People who are in that same category but won't admit it. And so we have to think of creative ways to help them. And then people who they've, they've served and they see this as a good opportunity to to get some, some great services. And so we want to help all three of them. But we have to figure out different approaches for each. So we're, we have different programs for for each of those categories. So we have a full music therapy program, board certified music therapists, that if somebody wants therapy, we can sign them up immediately. We get them customized treatment for what they need. But for people who they know they need help, they're not comfortable identifying yet, then we offer just free music lessons. So they can come in, they can take lessons. There's no pressure of being involved with a therapist. We do all of this in just a regular music studio, so they're not walking into some building that says, you know, veterans with PTSD enter here. They just go into a music studio and learn how to play the guitar. But that curriculum, that lesson curriculum, has been created by our music therapists. All of our instructors have been trained by our music therapists. They know how to work with veterans. They know how to work with law enforcement. They know how to spot triggers. And so when someone needs some help, they can quickly elevate them to the you know, to a therapist to get the support that they need. So we we ha- we identified that up front, that if we only offered therapy, some people are too proud to take advantage of that, and we might be missing out on, you know, an opportunity to help some people. So so that's why we offer that lesson as a separate program, and, and it's worked great. And the other thing that we've done that's important, Jay, is that we do take care of the families as well. You know, they're an underserved population. The Defense Department just did their first study ever, on suicide rates for depend for dependents, right? So everybody knows that the dependents suffer, you know, spouses and kids, and so we want to make sure we're taking care of them as well. It's it's, it's about supporting the whole family. I'm glad you do that. That's uh, a phrase I keep saying over and over again. This is much needed, and and so often people think, well, somebody should do something because this standard approach or that approach doesn't seem to be working. We should do more, and yet 
here you and and your coworkers are doing something different is a way of approaching the problem. Uh, and, and that's glad because I, I had that same thought. I was that guy that said, I you know, somebody has to do something. And I found myself saying it way too many times. And then I finally was like, hey, I can't sit here and complain about it. If I'm not willing to do something about it, then I shouldn't expect somebody else to do something about it. And that's why we took the first step. I think that comes from your military background and probably growing up in a law enforcement family because that's kind of the attitude. If it needs to get done, you pick it up and do it. You don't wait for someone else. That's right. And I grew up in a military family. And I grew up in the Vietnam era. And I always say this. A lot of people I went to elementary school with, their their fathers were POWs in, in Hanoi. And when they finally came home, that generation they struggled immensely without the the tools that we have now and the way and methods and treatment options that are available now far exceed what was available back then. But they were kind of like the trailblazers for where we're at now and doing the things that we do. So if it wasn't for their sacrifice and suffering, we wouldn't have Warrior Music Foundation. We wouldn't have guys like you saying, hey, someone's got to do something different. That's right. Yeah. And, and you know, when I first joined the service, right, it was actually rare that you would you would meet somebody that was a combat veteran, right? The early '90s, there, you know, other than the first Gulf War, there we still had some Vietnam vets that I served with, but but for the most part, it was an anomaly to see somebody who who was you know a, a combat vet. Now it's the opposite, right? It's very rare that you'll find somebody who hasn't made multiple deployments in in a combat zone. But the problem is that so you have all these people coming back you still have a huge population of Vietnam vets that still aren't getting all the services right. that they need. So in our program, we have people, we have a, a World War II vet that's taken services from us. You know, we have a six-year-old kid whose dad's on active duty. We have a big chunk of Vietnam vets that are in the program, and we we want to make sure that we, we've got enough variety to our programs to support that big difference in, in the population. Phenomenal. you got such a wide variety of people taking advantage of this. Your background, when you came home, and that's a term that's not described or explained very often, but when you came home from your military service, when did you start realizing that maybe I had some issues and needed some help? You know, I, I don't know that it was it was so much about what I was experiencing as it was what I was seeing other people around me experience. And you know, my, my first deployment on my first ship, one of my closest friends that, you know, within a week of him getting off the ship, he had killed himself. And just that impact on me was, was, was pretty rough just because I couldn't understand why something like that would happen. And then later in my career, I, I remember the situation where I was, uh, I was on watch and it, at, at some command center here in DC and, uh, and I got this random phone call from someone who said, hey, my, my friend is a military spouse. She just called me and said she's going to kill herself, and I don't know how to find her. She hung up. I don't know how to find her. And so they just happened to call a command center that had, you know, the most wired and connected group in the Navy, and we ended up finding this lady and had the military police and the chaplain literally break into her apartment in Japan and get to her right before she killed herself. Wow. And I just remember walking out of that thinking, how do we get that person help? How many more people are feeling like this? And so, so it wasn't so much about, you know, any trauma that I experienced and, you know, any problems I had, you know, I had, 
some issues just reacclimating when I would come back from deployment. But I felt like I had it relatively easy because I'm seeing all these people around me who were suffering, and I just felt like you know I had to do something to support them, right? I felt it was like it was like my obligation, and maybe it was a little bit out of guilt. Maybe I felt bad that I wasn't suffering as much as they were, and so I needed to do something to help them. But you know, for whatever the reason, I'm so glad that we did it. I'm glad you did too. It, it, and I'm not military. Uh, I'm not a veteran, but I do know that in law enforcement in, in Baltimore, the code for an officer needs assistance was the signal 13. And when that occurred, the dispatcher would break across all the different channels and every channel in the city. And it is a distinct tone is a signal 13 They say location. And everybody that's working would drop what they're doing and didn't matter what was happening. They'd go through anything to get there to help. And I kind of think we need to do the same thing with our, our military, our law enforcement, our first responders, brothers and sisters who are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder of some degree. When they need help, we need to drop everything and find some way to get to them and, and talk to them. Like right. you kind of did with the woman in Japan, which is, it's right. a big deal that you're able to make that happen. No, you're right. And, and that's, that's how we think of it here. You know, once somebody's enrolled in our program, we have our own little our little comms channel that we that we communicate and keep track of everybody and we have a distress channel and if we find that somebody needs help an instructor or a therapist or another student if they have to they can send something out on this distress signal it goes immediately to all of us and we everybody knows if you're going to sign up to support us and be part of our team you better be prepared to drop what you're doing and go help somebody when they need it and even if that means you just sit with them until the police show up or we've we've got our our, our operating procedures, right? Because you got to have those if you're if you're former military, right? But that's um, that's what it's all about. If you're going to be committed, and I, and I tell everybody this, Jay, I I appreciate all the support that we get. You know, I I need your I need your time, your money, or your connections. But I need people who are all in. I want people who want to support us 100 percent and want to dedicate themselves to it. And that's the type of people that we want to surround ourselves with. Those are great people to get. And I hear all the time, I see there's a big movement online. I think it's phenomenal. People posting, I will listen. And I always say this, I will listen, but be prepared to make sure you are qualified. Because a lot of times, I'll be honest with you, a lot of times I don't know what to say. And that applies to this show as well. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. We're all over social media. Be sure to like and follow our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. We're on Twitter. Follow us at LET Radio Show Podcast. And on Instagram, look for LET Radio Show Podcast. Of course, don't forget our website, letradioshow.com. I'll take a short break. I'll be right back. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. If you want to be a guest on a Law Enforcement Today show, just go to our website and contact me through there. Our website is letradioshow.com. That's letradioshow.com. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. Joining us on the phone, calling from Maryland. I've had many guests in Maryland. I'm retired Baltimore police uh, from Maryland. I lived there for many years. And for a long time, I never could get guests on a show from Maryland. Now I'm getting inundated with them. So it's a pleasure to have you here. Michael Kimono is the director of Warrior Music Foundation. 
Get more details about what they do, what they offer, how you can help at warriormusicfoundation.org. That's warriormusicfoundation.org. And not to diminish or overly simplify what you do, you use music therapy, music lessons as a way of helping people break the stigma, get into treatment, or if they're in treatment, find a way to deal more effectively with this issue of post-traumatic stress. Is that an understatement? That's spot on. No, that's it. You know, it, it's it's treatment for PTSD, anxiety, depression, suicidal tendencies, but also people who have had traumatic brain injuries. So if they have some physical problems, and then, you know, we have people who are amputees or have other physical issues, and we use music to help them rehabilitate as well. You must need a lot of help. I, th- this is a charity. It's a 501c3. So that's right. Fundraising is always an issue for, I heard friends say fundraising is the other F word when you have a charity. That's right. That That's right. it's, no one likes to ask for money. No one wants to put their hand out. And if you come from a law enforcement background, you really don't want to ask people for money. And I would imagine if you're from a military background, it's probably the same. You're right. It's a, it's a nonprofit. It's all funded by donations. And we have a couple small grants, but we're not affiliated with you know, the government in any way. So we don't have any subsidization of resources. So we're just out there trying to make it happen on our own. So one of the best things people could do is, is go online and make a donation. Would that be the most beneficial thing they could do right now? That would be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, making personal donations is great. You can do that right from our website, but you know, also think about other ways you can get involved. You know, if you, if you have a company and your company does a golf outing and, and you need a charity to, to put those resources towards, that's a great way to support us. If you've got fundraisers at work, you know, that's the way you can use your community to come together. And, you know, we, we need real money to do this, right? We, we figure that it costs us about five or $600 to put somebody through the program for a semester, which is about 12 weeks. You know, we like to run people through a couple semesters. That's probably, a, that's, you know, six months of services, and that, that really helps them make some progress. So you're talking about about $1,000 to help somebody, and we've got 100 people in our program right now. So you think about the type of money that it, it, it costs for us to get them the support that they need. We need some backing. So people can do this from anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world for that matter. You can go online to warriormusicfoundation.org and make a donation One of the questions I get a lot, and by the way, for people listening, post-traumatic stress disorder is such a big issue. It affects so many aspects of our daily lives, our first responders, our law enforcement. Earlier, you you threw out some statistics. You talked about military veterans and what percentage deal with this or afflicted by this. You talked about first responders and law enforcement. The numbers can be staggering. You said it's roughly about 8% of the United States population, which would be, what, right around 28 million people. Yep, 30, 30 million plus or minus, yep. Uh, that, that's a lot. That's, like you said, that's the state of Texas. That's huge. Right. But almost, you know, almost half of people come that are that are returning from combat. So it's, it's so much higher than the regular population. Think, think of this perspective. Think of this statistic. Since... 2001 since we've been you know in in combat in Iraq and Afghanistan I think there have been 7,000 combat fatalities right? so it's horrible to think about 7,000 you know soldiers losing their lives in the same time frame there have been 130,000 veteran suicides and that so kind just, of really puts in perspective that yeah and it, that that doesn't also include the amount of suffering that they right. and their families go through because it, 
the death it by doesn't suicide. Affect one person. It, it right. affects the whole family. And usually there's years of problems before it hits the suicide point. So it's not like this is a, a one incident thing. And for many people, and I'm by no means an expert, but for many people, they deal with trauma after trauma after trauma and they're okay. And then one day there's one seemingly little thing and it puts them over the edge and they, and they can't find their new normal. And I, and I think the problem, Jay, is just that the, the trend is not improving, right? If you, if you look in the law enforcement community, you know, I think they, we're in the military and veterans, I think it's about 8,000 veteran suicides a year. Law enforcement is usually measured in the hundreds, but still the, over the last two or three years, there's been a spike. And so the trend is rising. So we've got to figure out what we can do to stop that, right? Because you've got to have more programs in place and more community outreach. And at the end of the day, I, I, you just got to make sure that you tell people that it's okay to get involved. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to ask people if they need help. It's okay to listen. I, I always tell the folks that work with us, I'd rather, I'd rather approach somebody who needs help and be wrong than not approach somebody that needs help and be wrong. Yeah. Right. So, so reach out to people. We're like a, bipartisan, non-political, you know, we love everybody. Hallelujah. Fit on the fence. We just want to help people, right? So, yeah, that's so, have, that's so important nowadays because we've become so divided over partisan politics. That's one of the things I don't talk about in the show at all because, well, quite honestly, when you have an important issue like this we, where people's lives are at stake, people won't listen if you start with divisive name-calling. So that's well, why I, I just don't do it. I like to look. I like to look at us as a success story. There, right? We have we have our you know our veterans and the people who need help. Sometimes are very conservative and you know come from uh, maybe a Republican or conservative perspective, and then a lot of people who are helping them are musicians and therapists who are very liberal and very democratic, and they don't care. They're just yeah. coming together to help each other, and it's their way of serving, right? So I think we're a good example of just in the community together to help one another. That's a great point you just brought up, Michael. A lot of people ask me, well, what can we do to try to make the situation better for our current law enforcement people and our firefighters, our EMTs and all of them, and our military veterans as well when they come home? And one of the best things we can do is just be available to talk and say hello. It doesn't have to be deep psychological stuff. You can talk about fishing. You can talk about football. You can... Don't treat the person like they're some sort of pariah. That's right. And just get them involved. I mean, that's the biggest thing that that's the biggest benefit of our of our program is just get them involved. It gets them to meet other people, gets them to interact with other veterans, people who have similar problems to them, and then people who don't. It just integrates them. We had, you know, just this past weekend, one of our our students who's a veteran, we were we actually had our first our first student who performed live at his own showcase, played for thirty minutes at a big festival in Baltimore. And he played the guitar, and the person that sang with him was, you know, was just a civilian who wanted to, to partner with him and wanted to get up and sing. Like, that's what it's all about, right? Just get them acclimated, get them back into some sense of normalcy, and that's a good way for you to help, right? I think it's a great way. And part of the thing that, and I can just tell you from my own background, there, is, there are times where I want to isolate. I just don't want to be around people. And what I really need the most is to be around people. And I and I need people to pull me and make me part of, and I've met so many 
retired law enforcement, first responders, military veterans that are the same way. When they get in that mindset, they don't want to be around anybody. They isolate, they withdraw, and too many people will say, well, Jay's in one of his moves, he doesn't want to talk to anybody, and they leave you alone. And what we really need is for someone to engage with you. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and I have, you know, we have a lot of people who are, who volunteer and support us and it's, it's heavy topics sometimes, you know, it's, it's pretty deep and you deal with a lot of serious stuff. And so self-help is an important thing and we want to make sure that people are supporting one another and you're no good to us if you're not willing to take care of yourself. Right. So we want to make sure that everybody that's involved in the program understands that they got support there as well. So, but yeah, man, it's about engaging with people. I think that's, I think you hit it spot on. And before we close, uh, tell people where, they can get more information, and what's the thing you need the most? So go to our website, worrymusicfoundation.org. Everything you want to know about us is there. And I hope you like the website because I'm also the webmaster. You know, you gotta you got to be efficient when you're a small startup nonprofit. But, um, but yeah, we need, we need people's help. We need resources. You know, we need funding. Right now we're providing services in Maryland and, and in Pennsylvania. There's a demand for us to go really across the country and, and we need some some resources to make that happen. So we need partnerships, we need support, volunteers. You can do all that right through the website. And the website address is warriormusicfoundation.org. You also on Facebook? Absolutely. You can look us up on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Just look up Warrior Music Foundation on all social media. Michael, thanks so much for spending time, and I really appreciate all that you're doing. It's very much appreciated. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me. I appreciate what you're doing as well. If you've missed past episodes of the Law Enforcement Today radio show, never fear. You can listen to them online as a podcast. Just go to our website, letradioshow.com, where you'll find all the podcast episodes and much more. That's letradioshow.com. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.